We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. While some states, such as Mississippi, are actually threatening to fine people $5,000 and throw them in jail if they don't comply with the COVID rules, the good people of Florida are proving that they actually have a brain. Thank the Lord for Governor DeSantis and good organizations such as Founders Ministry, where I spoke this past weekend. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. The topic for today is, uh, well, how should I say it? I guess what I intend this to be is a go-get-em message, uh, an uplifting message, a message of encouragement, a pep talk. I'm going to share with you a synopsis, a summary of some words that I shared as the speaker at the inaugural convocation of the Institute of Public Theology at Founders Ministry in Fort Myers, Florida, where I spoke this past weekend. That's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to share with you some details about this ministry because you need to be following these people. There's some good guys left and the people at Founders Ministry. Again, founders.org. One more time, founders.org. With Dr. Tom Askell, that's A-S-C-O-L, and Jared Longshore, Drs. Tom Askell and Jared Longshore as the leaders of this organization, this ministry. They're fighting a good fight. They're fearless. They're steadfast. They're immovable. They're always abounding in the work of the Lord, to quote St. Paul. They're being strong and courageous as Joshua modeled for us. You know, the Joshua of the Bible, not Josh Harris, who is nothing but jello that moves with the ideological, theological fads of the day. You still have some men of courage and spine out there. You still have some Churchills. Not everybody is a Chamberlain. And these guys down in Fort Myers are examples of men that you can and should follow. So I'm going to share with you today some words that I shared with them because they blessed me, they honored me, they asked me to come down and be the inaugural speaker at their convocation for this new Institute of Public Theology. And you might even want to consider becoming part of that institute and learning what it means to be a thoughtful, engaged, biblical leader in today's political arena as well as today's public square. So when we get back from the break, I'm going to just go over some of the words that I shared with their new student base, their new class of leaders, lay leaders as well as church leaders from around the country that came in to learn from these men and from their stable of faculty 
a stable that includes heroes such as Vodi Bakum. Yes, he is a teacher. He's a faculty member for the Institute of Public Theology at Founders Ministry in Fort Myers, Florida. That's today's topic. I'm going to leave you with a spring in your step, I hope, because you're going to know that you're not alone. You actually have leaders that are willing not to you know, cower in the corner like our president seems to be doing in Washington, D.C., or unfortunately like some of our pastors are doing because they don't know how to confront the alphabet soup lunacy of our time. They don't know what to do about CRT or SJW or BLM or LGBTQIA+. They don't know what to do. And the reason they don't know what to do is they're not reading their Bibles and they're not reading the works of great men like Vodibachum, Jared Longshore, and Tom Askell. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. All right, here we go. I'm going to share with you some of the words, some of the ideas. I'm going to give you a synopsis, a summary, of a challenge that I shared with the students and the administration, the leadership of the Institute of Public Theology, a founder's ministry in Fort Myers, Florida, this past weekend. I was very honored to be invited down there because Dr. Tom Askell, Dr. Jared Longshore, the faculty that he's put together for this institute, faculty that include people like Vody Bakum. Now, I've talked to you about Vody Bakum before. He's the author of Fault Lines, one of the best books out there right now on critical theory and critical race theory, explaining to you what it is and why it is the antithesis, excuse me, why it is the opposite, the antithesis of the gospel of the biblical worldview, of the truth that you find in Scripture, of what a human being actually is and how we should interact with one another as human beings that are made in the image of God, the Imago Dei, and why interacting with one another within the biblical context, and when I say interaction, community, coming together with common cause, and within family, the biblical model for this interaction, the biblical model for this interaction, one that actually lends itself to the greatest measure of freedom that we enjoy as people. That biblical model is the antithesis of the critical race theory, the critical theory model, and Vody Bakum summarizes it oh so well in Fault Lines, a book that you need to go out and get. I've told you before, so... I'm going to push you today as you're listening to the show to go do something. Don't just listen and move on. Go spend a couple bucks and buy Vody Bakum's book. You can do so. Just Google it. Vody Bakum Fault Lines. And it's going to pop up and you can buy it at any online bookstore. You don't even need to leave your house. Vody Bakum is the author. Fault Lines is the book. Buy the book and then read it. Frankly, the first 
50 pages, I can't remember, I don't have it in front of me right now, but the very beginning of the book is a summary of critical theory, and it will help you engage your family and your friends if you just read that, because it's an excellent and perfect summary of what this ideology really is, and why the church is totally blind if it's buying this lie and trying to incorporate this poison into the refreshing water, the living water of the gospel. You can't drop poison into water and expect it not to sour and go bad. And that's what some people in the church right now are trying to do. And it doesn't work. And Vodibachum explains why. And likewise, Tom Askell and Jared Longshore are taking this stuff on on a daily basis through Founders Ministry. And the way you contact them is founders.org. You can follow Tom Askell on Twitter. I think his Twitter handle is just at Tom Askell, A-S-C-O-L. And I don't have Jared's in front of me, but um, Jared Longshore with Founders Ministry, too. So founders.org, Tom Askell, Jared Longshore. So let's get to some of the things that I said while I was down there. Now, the interesting thing, when I get invited to places like this, yeah, I'm not the scholar in the room. I'm just one of those dumb administrators that told all the scholars, the people that really have a head on their shoulders, the people that are actually doing good research and writing good books. I'm just the dumb administrator that made a career out of asking them a simple question. How are you going to pay for it? <laughs> um so I'm the pragmatist. I'm the, I'm the macro guy. I'm the cheerleader while the athletes are out on the floor actually trying to win the game. So I entered into that particular situation this weekend down at uh, Fort Myers with that attitude, and I even told them that. So I said, I'm not going to challenge you today with a message on apologetics or a message on greater detail or a greater debate, greater conversation, in-depth conversation on some of the big ideas of the time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you all, hopefully, with a little bit of fire in your belly and a kick in the seat of the pants, if you will, whatever analogy you want to use there. And maybe that's my hope as you listen today, too. So what did I share with these people? I'm standing before these heroes of the faith, these heroes, these intellectual heroes, these guys that are writing prolifically and speaking profoundly, trying to challenge their students to care a little bit, to engage in this fight, and to give them some ammunition, some weapons to use as they do. Well, I shared with them a few things that you've heard here before. Some of them I haven't addressed for a bit, for a long time, so they may seem new to you, especially if you're a new listener of the rebellion. But I essentially played off of Churchill, and I used Churchill, as you well know, as the introductory stamp, our audio logo, if you will, of this show. Churchill's call to fight, to fight on the beaches, fight in the air, fight on the streets. We shall never surrender until God in his 
great mercy rescues us, rescues and delivers us. That's Churchill. So I, 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 I said to the people at this organization, I said, if there's one thing I've learned as being an administrator, a leader in the academy, in the ivory tower, in colleges and universities, if there's one thing I've learned my entire career, it's this. It's not about men and it's not about money. It's about message. It's about mission. If you've got a message that's clear and bold, if you've got a mission that energizes, if you're not mush, if you're not a marshmallow, if you actually stand for something and if people know what you stand for, the men and the money will come. Don't put men and money in front of message and mission. You have to have a message. You have to have a mission. It has to be clear. It has to be bold. It has to be quick. Say it over and over again. How many times have you heard me say, repetition, repetition, repetition. Figure out what your message is. Understand what your mission is. Be clear, be bold, and be done. And then say it again. Be clear, be bold, and be done. Stay on message. Don't apologize. Remember that Ronald Reagan was a man of one speech. He said it over and over and over again. The great communicator was a man of one speech. It was about a message. It was about his mission. And what happened? The men and the money followed that great leader, that great voice, that man that energized and inspired, that man that frightened his adversaries and his opponents. Oh, you won't stand unopposed. I'm not pretending that that's the case. If you enter into the arena, there will be a fight because good always scares the tar out of evil. And those people that have evil ambitions and an evil agenda, and I'm going to call a spade a spade here, CRT, BLM, SJW, LGBTQIA+, all of these ideas, these agendas of our day, they are evil. They are the opposite of what it is that you should be doing and what you are saying. So they won't just be quiet. They're going to fight you. But if I've ever learned anything in my role as a leader, it's not about men, it's not about money, it's about message and mission. So get one, get a message, get a mission, and don't apologize for it. And make sure everybody and their brother around you knows what that message and mission is because you've said it so many times and you'll never give in, never give in, never, never, never give in. That's Winston Churchill. The singularity, the simplicity of his message And I would argue you want to remember the KISS principle. Keep it simple, stupid. Don't make your message and mission difficult to understand. And don't make it difficult to remember, especially for you. You need to remember it and you need to repeat it. It needs to be singular. One of the quotes that I've shared with you on this show Oh, some time ago, but I'm going to share it again because I used it as a challenge down in Fort Myers. It's this, John Wesley's quote. You must be singular or be damned. The way to hell has nothing singular 
in it. The way to heaven has singularity written all over it. You must be singular or be damned. Close quote. And what is John Wesley's point there? He's focusing, he's zeroing in on the singularity, the exclusivity of the gospel, of the truth of Christ and the truth of Scripture. He's telling the church, you can't buy into this fluidity, this jello-y nonsense of syncretism, where it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you. No, the gospel is a singular message. It's not a, oh, well, maybe message. No, it is a, this is the way it is message. I am the way, the truth, and the life, said Jesus, and no one comes to the Father but by me. No one. It's a singular message. So what's your message? What's your mission? What's, what's the singularity of what you want to be saying and what you should be saying to your culture, to your church, to your country? to your community, to your family. What's that big idea? As they say when you go shopping for a flat screen. Go big or go home. If you're just going to go with something inconsequential, mistake, this is a mistake, go big or go home. Don't be too easily satisfied. That's C.S. Lewis. Remember, don't be too easily satisfied making mud pies in the back alley when you can have a vacation, a holiday at the beach. Now, Lewis's analogy there is pretty clear. It's a little British, so I don't know if I need to explain it to you, but he was saying we just seem to be content with playing in the dirt, like children making mud pies in the back alley, when if they would just get up, get up and follow the leader, they could have a holiday at the beach and not be so easily satisfied in the mud, in the grime, in the dirt, in the back alley. Don't be too easily satisfied with average, with vanilla, with mush. People are sick of it. People around you, whether it be your family, your church, or people... People that are watching the news, they're tired of this mushy, marshmallowy, jelloy stuff. They want substance. And I can tell you that if you give them that substance, they'll follow you. It's not about men. It's not about money. It's about message. It's about mission. It's about clarity. It's about not apologizing. It's about your one speech. It's about never giving in. Never, never, never giving in. It's about singularity. And if you don't have it, you will be damned to irrelevance because no one will care. Go big or go home. Don't be too easily satisfied making mud in the back alleys when you can have a holiday, a vacation at the beach. I shared this challenge with these folks down in Fort Myers. And you know what? I'm very confident. I'm very confident that this will work. That these ideas work. And you know why? Well, not because I'm brilliant. I'm not. I'm not the scholar in the room. I'm not the one that actually is out there doing the work like Vody Bacham and Tom Askell and Jared Longshore. I'm not an ordained pastor. I'm 
my degrees are in basically I'm just a glorified fix-it man. But that's the encouraging part. If somebody like me can say something and have anybody care, then surely those of you listening right now who have a lot more arrows in your quiver than I have can do likewise. You can say something. You can open your big mouth. You can say it with clarity and conviction. You can be a man or a woman of four pillars, if you will. You know what my mission statement is. It's the primacy of Jesus Christ, the priority of Scripture, the pursuit of truth, and the practice of wisdom. I've shared that with you over and over again. You all should be able to repeat it as quickly as I just did, because you've heard it. If you're sitting next to me on an airplane and you ask me two questions, I'm probably going to be able to get to the primacy of Jesus Christ, the priority of Scripture, the pursuit of truth, and the practice of wisdom. That's my mission. That's my message. Go bigger. Go home. My big idea is those four P's, those four pillars. The primacy of Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God. The priority of Scripture, it is the Word of God. The pursuit of truth, it's given by God. It's not made up by you. I'm not going to give you a degree in opinions. I don't care what your opinion is. You don't go to my school to get a degree in opinions. You go to any school that I'm in charge of to learn what's true. And then finally, be a man and woman of integrity. Practice what you preach. Practice wisdom. And I've shared with you how even atheists, people that don't agree with me, are intrigued by that mission statement. Adam Carolla, Dave Rubin. The list goes on and on. Why did anybody care about the not a daycare story that you've heard me talk about? That this is not a daycare, it's a university. Why did people care? Because of the singularity and the simplicity, the keep it simple, stupid reality of just saying, my land, this is not a daycare. It's a college, it's a university. If you want me to coddle you, you're in the wrong place. I'm going to confront you. I want you to feel uncomfortable. That's what good teaching is about. That's what good ideas do. They stretch you. They pull you closer to the truth. They expose your lies. You're not going to like it. This is a university. It's not a daycare. And people cared to hear that message. Why? I don't think it was because of me. I think it was because of the clarity, the singularity. The exactness, if you will. And yes, the ability to repeat it over and over again. I could say it over and over again, but if you heard it, you could say, did you hear about that? This isn't a daycare thing. That's so true. Or if you disagreed with it, it really got your dander up. He's suggesting that we're part of a daycare. But you remembered it and memorable ideas are ideas that foster change. They don't lay stagnant. They don't lie fallow. They're not dead seeds. They're live. They germinate. Memorable ideas can change your culture, change your family, and change the world. Ideas like be classically liberal. I shared that. What does that mean? Piper, you're a ranting conservative. No, I'm actually more classically liberal than you are, Mr. Progressive. 
that's a singular idea. That's a challenging idea. It catches people off guard. And then I can say, as a classical conservative, I believe in conserving a lot of things. I'll hug a tree and snuggle an owl every once in a while, and I do believe in clean air and clean water, but as a conservationist, I believe there are even more important things to to conserve. And those things are the time-tested truths, the self-evident truths that are endowed to us by our Creator. Those ideas that have been proven in the crucible of common sense and natural law. Those ideas that have been around for a while. The historically valid ideas. Ideas that are better than the ubermensch, the supermen, the power brokers, the elites that just want their power as they thunder from their pulpits and their podiums. No, I want to stand for the principles, not this Orwellian love fest, this duplicity that you see in the progressive left today. So fight for truth. Recognize that when we exchange it for a lie, that we're building a house of cards, that it's just going to fall with mankind's inevitable temper tantrum as somebody yells louder and pouts more aggressively for their power and control. Ideas like that. I close by saying this. I want you to believe. And I'm going to close today's show with the same thing. Remember, repetition, repetition, repetition. So I'm going to close with this. Be a believer. Believe in the primacy of Christ. Believe in the priority of Scripture. Believe in the pursuit of truth. Believe in the practice of wisdom. Believe in these things. Get your message. Clarify your mission. And then repeat it over and over again. And if you have any doubts, even if you're in your mind as you stand at that podium or stand in the public square and if you're wondering is this stuff real that i'm saying i believe keep saying it over and over again double down dig in be steadfast be immovable always abounding in the work of the lord working to reclaim every inch of creation for christ and his kingdom never give in never ever 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 give in fight on the beaches, fight in the streets. And you know what? The more you fight, the more you believe, the more you double down, the more you say it, the more you preach it. The more you'll find people around you believing it. And the more you will believe it yourself. If you're a doubter, if you're a a doubting Thomas, for example, I've got the cure for that. Put your behavior in front of your belief. Start doing it even if you have doubts. Believe. Yeah, believe, but behave too. Believe in the primacy of Christ, the priority of Scripture, the pursuit of truth, and the practice of wisdom. Believe that Jesus is who he claims to be. Believe in the Lion of Judah. Believe in Aslan. He may not be safe, but he sure is good. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.